0: So I'm Lyle, how's it going? one of the pastors here at Elements. Uh, we're so glad that you decided to join us to worship with us whether you are at home tuning in online whether you're here uh, in the room uh, we're grateful to have you we're, we're grateful uh, that you want to worship with us and, and be here and experience just the presence of God tonight that's really what it's all about so a couple things that we'd love to plug to make sure everyone knows about one we do have the Elements City Church app so if you ever have questions about what's going on are there events going on uh, how do I tithe are there what are all those songs that you guys sing can I listen to them somewhere uh, you can download the Elements City Church app, and that has all of that information there from playlists to to giving to events to all that stuff. So make sure that you get that. Check that out. Um, Also, uh, if you are tuning in online, wanted to let you know that there's a host that's there tonight who uh, is there to connect with you. So if you have questions, feel free to drop that in the chat. Uh, They'll be happy to reach out, answer any of those things uh, that you're curious about. And if it's your first time, uh, whether you're online or in the room, uh, if you want, you can pull out your phone. You can text us at 520 Three four zero six eight six eight. That's right. It was like there in the middle, in the back, and it's just kind of small, so I missed that. So five two zero three four zero six eight six eight. Text that number, uh, just the word hello to that, and you'll get a link. Tap the link, fill out the information. Uh, We've got a free gift for you. If you take that back to the ten-minute party here in the room, you can get the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon. I believe that's what we're saying still yes so if you want some free kettle corn uh, feel free to to take that to the back we'd love to get to know more about you and and just hear how we can serve you as a church Um, other than that a couple things coming up that we do want to make sure everyone knows about we've got serve sunday going on next week so we are not going to be meeting here in the room so if you show up next week at this time there will not be very many people here and the doors will be locked that would be three awkward starts in a row for Lyle if I showed up, right? We don't want that. So uh, we're going to do an online service, so you can tune in online, you can check it out there. Um, we're also, in the morning, we're going to be serving, so there's uh, different things around town, which again, this is, uh, see how it goes back to that app? If you get that app, you can sign up to join us at the Gospel Rescue Mission, or we're also encouraging e-groups to go out and serve in the area. Other than that, we've got a Dudes Day coming up. That's right, Dudes Day. It's normally a guy's night, but uh, we can't call it a guy's night when it's an afternoon activity, so Dudes Day, Top Golf come up in March uh, make sure guys are already like babe, can I go to that? So uh, that's right. we want you to come we want you to get connected with different guys here who are at the church uh, just so that you can uh, get some community here and then let's all stand together because we're going to pray for the church of the week uh, as we get into worship. The church of the week is uh, Community Christian Church of Marana. Their pastor is Dave Hedgepeth. So we're going to pray for them, uh, pray for Pastor Dave as well as we pray for our night as it gets started. So, Lord, we just want to come to you tonight with expectant hearts. The reality is so often we come to church sometimes just to check a box. Sometimes we show up because it's what's expected of us. And yet, if we were to stop and think about it, the God of the universe who created all things and hung every star up in its place and called them out by name, That's the God who wants to meet with us. God, you want this time. You want our hearts and you want our attention because there's something you wanna say to every person who's here tonight. And so Lord, I just pray over the next hour, hour and 15 minutes, would you let us lean in to the fullness of what it is that you want us to experience. Some of us may have walked into the room with stresses, with cares, with concerns and worries. Some of us might be walking in uh, having had a rough week There's others who are in this room who everything just keeps coming up uh, for them and everything's been great. And so I I love the fact that wherever we are in that spectrum, God, there's a message that you have for us and there's a desire that you have that we would just come to you with all of our joys, with all of our pains, we'd lay them before you. So God, would you give us the grace to do that tonight, the ability to do that tonight, to hear from you what it is you want us to to hear. And we wanna lift up... uh, the Community Church of Morana, We wanna pray for Pastor Dave uh, and the congregation there, God. We thank you for the work that you're doing in their church and we pray that that work would continue. We ask God that you would uh, bless them with vision, that you would bless them with purpose and you would bless them with ways that they can continue to reach out and engage their community out there in Morana. And God, would you uh, just provide for them everything that they need financially to continue to fund their ministry and to continue to fund uh, the things that, that you're calling them to do and to accomplish. So thank you, Lord, that you're building your church here in Tucson. We get to be a small part of that. We pray that you would have your way tonight, that you'd move in power. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.
1: Come on, put those hands together. Don't lose heart don't lose heart oh my soul oh my soul don't give up there is hope there is always hope and there is peace in the storm in the storm Nations bow, mountains shake At the sound of just one name And over all Jesus reigns I know, I know Just one day
0: tells us that he's able to do more than we could ask or imagine and so we come tonight expecting of our God who can do great things that's why we worship him tonight so we just invite you to sing this out with us
2: washed away in your blood Too much to make sense of it all I know that your love takes my fall The scandal of grace You died in my place My soul will Oh, to be
0: are so true, Lord, that we'd be lost without you. And so we just thank you for uh, this scandalous grace in which the worst of sinners can find redemption, can find restoration, can find forgiveness, and be set free to just to live a life uh, that brings you glory, that brings you joy, Lord. That's our story here in this room that uh, all of us, once we're lost, we're, we're not found if we're in Christ. And so we just thank you for the sacrifice that you made to make that happen, Lord. And It's that sacrifice that, that draws us closer to you in love and hope that, Lord, you would speak to us tonight. And so that's our prayer, Holy Spirit, that you'd be at work in this place, that you'd be moving among us, opening our hearts to receive the message that you have for us. So if you're up for just take a moment to pray for yourself, to ask that the spirit would move in you. take a moment to pray for Pastor Jack as he comes to speak, ask that God would anoint him and speak through him to us tonight. Yes, Lord, we love you, we trust you, all this is for you and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Well, if you have uh, the app, you can open it up and go to Sermon Notes if you want. It's great to worship together, whether you're here in the room or watching from your living room, uh, we're waving at you. Uh, glad that, to have you here. And it's um, We're wrapping up our series in uh, the, the series called Tov that we've been looking at. If you are new to that, uh, Tov is a Hebrew word, and it means good. It's speaking about the goodness of God, and so we kind of said this whole start of the year we wanted to look at the goodness of God and what does it mean to become a tove kind of person and to be a kind of a, a tove kind of culture as a church and and how do we grow in that because we think the world needs more of that um, i 've been hiking a little bit more uh, this this i guess January I started I bought a state pass and i 've been going out and uh, trying to hike a little bit more a couple times a week and and um, been Catalina State Park recently, and it's fascinating. Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked down when you're hiking out and, and you see footprints, right? Like, I've got my hiking boots, and and they leave footprints from wherever I go, and you can look back, and you can kind of see them, and I can actually see the footprints of other people. I can see creatures, and I can see dogs, and no one ever walks a cat out there, so I don't see that, but like they walk dogs out there. We see horses. I was passed by a horse the other day. Uh, I was passed by people who ride bicycles in the wash which I think is way too hard to do. Um, so I'm like, no, I'd rather w- have hiking boots. So like, for those of you who, like, if you're anyone a cyclist and you like to ride in the wash, like, you know that's harder than like, on the street, right? And so like, anyway, props to you uh, for doing that. But like, here's what I know about footprints. When I go back around and I come back around, my footprints have been walked over by other footprints. And the reality is every single footprint out there when it rains disappears. Uh, When there's lots of wind, it disappears. Everywhere you go, your footprint is going to disappear, per se, unless you go to the moon. How long does a footprint last on the moon? Anyone have a wild guess? Do you realize the footprints that we set foot on there uh, a few years back are still there? In fact, the moon has no atmosphere. It's exposed to solar wind and a stream of charged particles coming from the sun. And over time, it will act like the erosion that scours the earth's surfaces, but it will take a very, very, very long time. Uh, They're estimating between 10 million years and a hundred million years for that to happen. And so a footprint there lasts a long time. And it got me thinking, I think even beyond our actual footprints, all of our actual footprints will disappear. But the reality is you have a footprint of your life per se. And the footprints of your life, the ways you impact, the ways you interact, the ways you react uh, with the people around you, you're leaving a footprint on the soul of their life. Have you ever thought about it like that? Have you ever thought about the people that have left those kind of footprints on you? And for some of us, if it was just you and me at coffee and, and we could chat and be really honest, I bet you've had some people leave some footprints on you that, that you wish weren't there, if you're honest, that were probably hurtful. And if it was just you and me at coffee and, and we could be honest, I bet there's been some damage and some hurt done by some of those footprints. I bet you could also look for people who have left some footprints in your life who in a way through the, either the influence they had over you or the impact they had upon you, like you're a better person because of the interaction you had with them and they made your life better. And so the question for all of us is, as we navigate through life, as we go through life, what kind of impact are we having? Are we leaving one? You will leave one for either good or you'll leave one for not so good. You're leaving a footprint. It may not be the actual, but we should be careful of what footprints we're actually leaving on the lives around us. Scripture actually calls us, in a lot of ways, this is what Jesus was getting at in the Sermon on the Mount where he begins in Matthew chapter 5. He said, listen, you're the light of the world. Like, not only am I the light of the world, because Jesus said that about himself, but he's now saying to his followers, you're the light of the world. You're to let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and do what? tell you, attaboy, good job. No, they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in Heaven. That the way you interact, react, the way you can impact or influence others, the the footprint you leave upon others is to have an impact that actually steers their attention toward your Father in Heaven. When people leave an interaction with you, or with me, who are they thinking about? It's an honest question. Obviously, they're thinking about you in some ways, but does their thoughts ever go beyond you? That's what Jesus is kind of getting at here, kind of saying, listen, this whole idea that your interactions matter, and and so you want to be a person who puts the tove of God, the goodness of God on display in, in real life, in a real time, in real situations, in the real days of a real life. What would it be if we just became those kind of people that bumped into others, and that the goodness of God impacted others in that. And so we've kind of pulled this series again from this book called *The Church Called Tove*. Doctor Scott McKnight is uh, a world-famous New Testament scholar, and he wrote this with his daughter Laura, looking at the reality of some of the sadness uh, not within I mean, within culture, but also within the church. Of How we've had some brokenness and there's been a lot of damage done by the church or the people who are Christians or have that label. And if we're honest, we have to call that and own that. Uh, And and so the truth is, if we're talking about the goodness of God, then sometimes we've not been so good. And this Hebrew word appears over 400 times in uh, the Old Testament. We've all witnessed when good is not the normal of a culture or an organization or a group of people, and the great damage and pain that can occur when that plays out, the harm that can do to relationships when abuse and neglect or indifference or intimidation or lies run rampant, or a celebrity culture shouts for loyalty over honesty, where there's no serving but self-serving. And we've seen that play out. And what we want is to say, listen, enough of that. Let's be healthy. Let's, Let's be a church. Let's be an individual. Let's be the people of God who put the goodness of God, the tov of God on display in the way that we live our individual lives and the way that we interact as a church. Tov is an active thing. It's not passive It's not a set reality that you set it and forget it. It it either is increasing or it's shrinking. And so as you think about your life, are you growing in the goodness of God? and putting that on display. So we looked at some specific qualities, some characteristics. And we kind of wrestled with that a little bit. Uh, we talked about exercising empathy and compassion and having this active empathy radar. We talked about putting people first and being people of grace, that we nurtured the truth, that we would be truth tellers. We wouldn't let uh, false narratives or lies influence or infiltrate our relationships. That if you're seeking Jesus, you are seeking justice and you're looking to serve. Like That was the ordinary way Jesus lived. It was his ordinary outlook. Jesus even said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so we need this spirituality of ordinariness in a way. Like, you're not a hero when you serve in the kingdom of God. Like, that's normal, meant to be normal, meant to be the reality of how things go. And so it all kind of finds its way to this idea of Christ-likeness, which is what we're ending with tonight. What does it mean to grow in our Christ-likeness? Jesus is Tov. He is the goodness of God in flesh, putting it on display for all to encounter and experience and people are meant to experience him more and more when they interact with us as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, if that's you. Now, you may be here and you may be watching online and maybe you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're just spiritually searching. And I think it's awesome that you're here. In fact, we want to be a church where you don't have to be part of the convinced to belong. That you can be on a spiritual journey. For a lot of folks here, a lot of folks maybe watching online, we've come to that place where we're convinced Jesus is who he says he is. And, and like we've gone all in on him because he went all in on us. And it's his rescue. It's all the things that we just sang about. It's the scandal of grace that pulls us to understand that our life is found in him and we want to become more and more like him that we're to reflect him more. That is what a disciple is. A follower of Jesus is meant to be someone who's apprenticing under Jesus and is becoming more and more like him. We don't become him, but we become more and more like him. And that, that's our calling, and that's really what we see throughout Scripture. Our, our society has a focus often on achievement and accomplishment, and, and that challenges uh, what we face sometimes in the church because we can, we can actually begin to be squeezed into that and begin to define success as a Christian or success as a church as these accomplishments and achievements. And listen, there's a part of that that is there. Uh, but the reality is success from a scriptural standpoint is, are you more like Jesus? Are you growing in your Christ-likeness? That is the point, That's what discipleship is about. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, meaning this world is conforming you in some way, shape, or form, trying to say, here's what success is like, here's what matters, here's where your focus should be, but you don't be conformed by the patterns of this world, but you be transformed by the power of God and what he is working in. You will be formed one way or the other. So are you being formed by the world in its ways? Or are you being formed as a follower of Jesus in the ways of Jesus and what he calls for you? See, the role of a pastor is to mentor people into Christ likeness, to encourage them to be formed into Christ like image bearers, that they reflect their Savior more and more. Eugene Peterson. Uh, is the author of the Message uh, Paraphrase Translation. Uh, He was a pastor for well over 50 years. He wrote a, a memoir called The Pastor, where he addresses kind of this invasion of achievement and accomplishment into the culture of the church. Here's some words that he talks about. He says, in the process of realizing my own vocational identity as a pastor, I couldn't help but observing the great deal of confusion and dissatisfaction all around me in a pastoral identity. Many pastors, disappointed and disillusioned with their congregations, defect after a few years to find more congenial work. And many congregations, maybe disappointed and disillusioned with their pastor, dismiss them and look for pastors who are more in their liking. In 50 years that I lived this vocation as a pastor these defections and dismissals reached epidemic proportions I wonder if the root of the defection is a cultural assumption that all leaders are people who get things done who make things happen that is certainly true from a primary leadership perspective in the awareness of our worldly culture in politicians and business people and advertisers and publicists and celebrities and in athletes while being a pastor certainly has some of those components. The pervasive element in our 2,000-year-old pastoral tradition is not someone who gets things done, but rather the person who's placed in the community to pay attention and call attention to what is going on right now between men and women, with one another, and with God. This kingdom of God is a primary local, relentlessly personal, and prayerfully, without ceasing, endeavor. It is this idea that part of my role, part of Lyle's role, part of our role together as followers of Jesus is to help sharpen and shape one another into Christ-likeness, not to define success by numbers and budgets and all that stuff. That plays a part, and that's important, but it's not the end goal. The goal is, are you becoming more and more like Jesus? If we want to form a Tove culture in a church, one that can heal the wounded, uh, we need to operate according to God's design, not the latest leadership model. Here's God's design. A pastor is someone to call to nurture Christformity in himself and within others. Christoformity, this idea of Christ being formed in me being formed in you, that's the calling of us as a church. The entire circle of Tove finds its, its anchor there. Are we becoming more like Jesus this year than we were five years ago? Friends, that is the question that disciples ask. That people who are apprenticing under Jesus, that's what they wrestle with. Not how many verses do I know, how many times have I been to church. Listen, those things matter and they're important. Because if you're not spending time in God's word, well then how do you grow in a relationship with, no, with someone that you don't talk to? Like, that's silly, right? So if I never talked to you for two years, we wouldn't say our relationship is growing, Uh, there's little interaction. So if we're not interacting with God and seeking God to interact with us and trying to pray for an awareness to understand what he's acting, what he's uh, working at in our life, then this is where we have to grow in this relationship. It is a constant temptation in churches, in Christ followers' own life, your life, my life, to be drawn away from this Christ-like culture and want to put measurements to things and say, well, this, 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 and this, this is what means I'm growing, I've achieved, I've I've acquired. No, no, no. Am I reacting more like Jesus this year than I was three years ago? I'm gonna be really honest. We're going through some things where I have found some really dark places in me. Just being real. Like anger stuff that I thought I had worked on and moved past. That got riled up in the last couple of weeks that I was like, whoa. Where's that coming from? Like that's from a, a detective movie that I saw three years ago. And why are you playing out that scenario in your head? Like that ain't right. That's dark. Yeah. And I got to own that. Like that's part of my own journey to say, Whoa. I, I gotta be aware of what Jesus wants to do in my life and my here and now. And so there's some things that I've gotta continue to bring before him. In a Christ-like culture of Tove, something completely different than what our culture says, hey, here's how you're to be changed. Here's how I'm trying to conform you, the world would say, this is what success is. And Jesus would say, no, no, it's completely different. Jesus calls people to follow him not to the front of the line, but to the cross, and that is way harder. It just is. Because that means I have to die to myself. That means I have to put my ambitions. That means I have to put, I have to continually bring my stuff, my junk in front and say, God, you need to help fix this. You need to heal this because this is broken. I recognize that. It's not your best. And I got to be open to that. It's what Paul writes. In Philippians chapter 2, to the church in Philippi, in your relationships with one another, you're to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, being found in the appearances of man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In heaven and earth and under the earth, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The purpose of the church is conformity to Christ. That is what discipleship is. We talk about discipleship around here. We talk about being an apprentice of Jesus. What does it mean to live as an apprentice of Jesus? What does it mean to live as a disciple? Those are interchangeable. That means I live more like Jesus would in your scenario this year than I did last year. And next month than I do this month. Am I able to live that way? It means I'm, I'm living out practices, I'm engaging in some practices that are, that are helping me become more and more like Jesus. That's why spiritual disciplines matter. It's not that you accomplish them and you get a gold star, yay, you're awesome. No, this is about a habit forming that gets you ready and prepared to be and to react and to interact more and more like Jesus would. That's why you do them. That's why silence and solitude, I think, are two of the best disciplines in our cultural norm of today. That is why I hike. I want to get in shape. That's nice too. But silence and solitude there's nobody and nothing except God and me and His creation. And it's in those silence moments. That's where I'm being formed more and more to be more and more like Jesus. That's the point. And that's what I want to be open to. That's what you want to be open to. The Apostle Paul says, listen, have the same love and spirit and mind as Christ, as he says here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's how he sets us up this whole scenario. The 5th century Bishop uh, Augustine said that the essence of sin is the incurvitus in say, literally the curving in upon oneself. It's the tendency to think that you're a great big deal and to think a great big deal about your feelings and your opinions and your needs and your position in life. Christians don't need to think like that anymore because Christians know they're the beloved and that the creator of the heavens and the earth actually knows their name. And it cares about them. And then he went to extreme uh, measures to show that you are loved and that you are valuable to him, that you are heirs to the glorious heaven. Uh, you've won the paradise powerball. Like you have an identity in a security that is unimpeachable and unshakable and unchangeable. And it may take a lifetime for that to become more and more a reality for you. But if you get that, if that becomes more and more a core of who you are, then the idea of trying to achieve and acquire, it loses its flair. And you begin to live for the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world. And that's where the tension becomes. Clark Miller puts it this way, because of Christ, I've retired from myself. I've gotten off the ego ladder, and now I'm just a servant In other words, now I'm curving out, not letting everything curve in on me. That's why Paul says, in your relationships with one another, you have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. That's a that's a big question, isn't it? That in your relationships, let's just say in your family relationships your extended family relationships, in your e-group relationships, in your discipleship group relationships, in your extended work relationships, do you have the same mindset as Christ Jesus does if he were in your shoes? Man, I gotta tell you, last week, not so much, just shooting your real. I was just like, whoa, I gotta work on that i kind of to work on that. I want to be there. Do you? Because as a disciple of Jesus, one apprenticing under him, that's where you're going. That's the goal, is that he would be formed more and more in you. You take on the nature of him. Christiformity is the point. Here's what Paul says in Romans. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's the goal of being a Christian. And not that you prayed a prayer to get you into heaven. Uh, Praying a prayer to get you into heaven is like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Okay, Heaven is a great thing, and you want to go there. You don't want to go to the other place. But it isn't about just getting in there. It's about being a disciple of Jesus, one who is following after him, one who is apprenticing under his life and his leadership so that you actually become more and more like him because that's living in the Tove of God, the goodness of God. That's where your life begins to have a ripple effect upon others and you get to influence and impact, not because you're all that, but because Jesus is all that in and through you. And that's how the world gets changed. See, Christlikeness is not a solo endeavor. We can grow in our faith journey with Jesus individually and with me personally paying attention to it, with you personally paying attention to you, uh, with you practicing some habits that would open you up to Christ and him being formed more and more in you. And we implore you and encourage you and want to do everything we can to cheer you on in that. But friends, it is not enough just for you and Jesus to hang out and expect everything to be changed dramatically. This is why community matters. And this is why we spend so much t- time around here talking about community. Uh, do you know we have people who go out to dinner every Sunday night? If you're new here, you may not have known that. Maybe you've been here a year and a half and didn't know that. Ta-da, we got people to go out to dinner every Sunday night. You know why they do that? Because community matters. We have e-groups that meet throughout the week all over the city for people to study the Bible for life change, live life together, be praying and cheering for one another. Do you know why we do that? We do that because community matters. We have a discipleship group around here where people are getting signed up even right now, and that's my encouragement to you, is that uh, if you are interested in finding out, okay, what does it really mean to be an apprentice of Jesus? What does it really mean to be a disciple of Jesus? We have a resource that we're going to take you through in a group of about two or three people that's going to meet for 26 weeks. What? That's a long time. Yeah, it is. Don't do it if you don't want to do it. But if you're tired of sitting on the sidelines of your Christian faith, and you're like, I don't even, I just go to church and I go home, okay? Well, I go to the bank and I go home. The bank doesn't change me, okay? So this idea, if you want to be a person who is being changed and a person who is leading, then you have to invest in that. And these discipleship groups are getting ready to start here at the end of the month. And you're going to spend the rest of this year going through a resource together and learning what it actually means to be a disciple of Jesus, to be an apprentice of him. Like, what does that mean to understand theology? What does that mean to actually make theology a part of my life? We have people all around who who went through that over the last couple years, and it has radically changed them. We have people all around here who are connected into e-groups. We have people that are watching online right now that are connected in an e-group that haven't been in this church in six months. But they are a part of this church because they're connected into a community. Why? Community matters. And you will not be changed if you're a solo Lone Ranger Christian. You will have an impact and Jesus will impact you and he will have some influence into you. But if you want to be transformed, that happens best in community. You know why? Because you live out the 30 plus one another's of the Bible. You encourage one another. You pray for one another. You bear one another's burdens. And you know sometimes, how many of you would admit loving people is, is hard? Yeah. You know why? Because they're people. Guess what? You're a people. And loving you is hard at times. But this is where we get our edges rubbed off of one another, and this is where God can actually do some great work, is in community as we live life together. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been thinking about being a part of maybe an e-group around here, we've got uh, forums out there at the table, we've got information we can email you if you're online, get connected in community. It matters. We've got a couple of new e-groups that are actually getting ready to launch. And so if you're looking to get connected, please, this is the month to do that. If you're looking to go on a discipleship journey, to get part of a discipleship group where it's two or three people, you meet once a week and you go through this resource together and at the end of it I guarantee you you will go, man, I love Jesus more and I know more about Jesus than I ever thought. If that's for you, then sign up on the sheet tonight so we can get in touch with you the next couple weeks as we get those launched. You will be blessed as you engage in that. What can happen When we measure success by Christ-likeness, not anything else, anything less, or anything more. What can happen when we measure success by Christ-likeness? Am I becoming more like Jesus this year, this month, this week, than I was a week ago, or I was a month ago, or I was five years ago? What can happen to our boards and our elders and our leaders, our programming, our preaching, our worship? What can happen when we reimagine the church as a hospital for the hurting and a school for sinners who are gradually learning the way of Jesus? I think amazing things can happen when we begin to imagine it like that. Christ-likeness equals tove. It's the goodness of God be informed in your heart, be formed in my heart, and it becomes more and more a ripple effect of what comes out. We said this the very first week. The greatest apologetic for our theology is the way we treat people. Unless, of course, you act like a jerk, then the greatest threat to our theology is the way you treat people. You are called, friends, as a follower of Jesus, if that's you, to be a person of Tov, to be a person that experiences the goodness of God and a person who begins to live that out as you become more and more like him. And that's what we wish and pray and work hard to do everything we can do to help encourage you in that because that is what success is. That you would become more and more like Jesus. You'd fall more and more in love with him. That you would grow in your relationship with him in greater and greater depth. That's what success is. And so, Father, that's what I pray for our people that are connected to us online right now, to the people that are in this room, the people that will watch this later on. God, each one, you know each story. You know each name. You know each backstory. You know the life of the season that they're in right now. God, you know the reality of the ups and downs of their journey You know the heartaches. You know the stressors. You know the things that pry at their heart, the ways of the world that call us and push us and are trying to conform us to be like the world. And for each, each specific one, you have a journey to lead them forward in, that they would become more and more like you, Jesus. God, that's what I want. I want to become more and more like you. I want people when they bump into me to have bumped into the goodness to the tove of God and they would praise my father in heaven. God, I want that for our people. That we would be people of tove individually. God, there's some individual habits practices that we can lean into that help put us in a position to grow in that this year. I pray as we're still in the very beginning part of this year that each person here, you would impress upon them. Hey, here's some things that you can do. Here's some activities and some habits that you can build into your life that will help you. Maybe there's someone here that, man, reading the Bible has never been on your radar. Man, YouVersion has a thousand reading plans. Pick one. What if you were just to read the Bible for 10 minutes a week? 10 minutes times 52. Man, that's some serious investment. The heart of God being formed more and more within your heart. That's Christ likeness, that's discipleship. For some of us, maybe we've been flying solo for a long time, not really connected into any community. We show up here, we go home. God, maybe for someone here, you're touching on their heart. You're, you're saying, hey, you need to get involved in community. You need to get involved in a discipleship group. You even had that tonight, God, impressing upon someone. Man, I've been at this church thing for 50 plus years. But I don't know if I know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. God, each person here, you have a specific next step for us. That's what it means to grow in Christ-likeness, is that we are just continually taking our next step with Jesus. Would you help us as a church to champion that above all things? God, as we worship you here in this song, God, worship is so much a part of what it means to put our attention in your direction, to to open ourselves up, to be shaped by your spirit. So would you minister to us in this moment? Would you encourage each heart in their next step? And would you allow us to be a group of people that the community cheers for each individual as they see the growth and the transformation that your spirit does? In their lives, we pray.
2: She my feet. Desires and dreams I love
3: Tonight, we have a special ending uh, that you all get to be a part of. So I'm going to have you be seated for a second. And we're going to all squeeze in here in the middle. So, as we're getting ready, uh, a couple quick announcements for those watching online and for you in the room. Remember, next Sunday is Serve Sunday. Yes, it's Super Bowl Sunday, but it's Serve Sunday. And th- that means a couple different things. We need 30 people who want to help serve with us at the Gospel Rescue Mission, which you can sign up in the app. Just go to events and click on the reservation. You can do that. Uh, and meet us there at 9 a.m. Uh, if you are serving, maybe we've been challenging people for the last month to kind of decentralize. I don't care what you serve or where you serve. Just serve someone somehow next Sunday morning. Don't come here Sunday night at 5 because you'll be very lonely. Okay, we don't want you to be lonely. Community matters, and so don't be lonely here. Uh, and so, like, don't come here. But we're going to be online, have an online service only next week. You can find it on YouTube channel. You can find it on all the social media stuff. We'll push it out. Uh, you can tune in anytime after noon. Like on into the game starts like at 4:30 or something like that. Uh, commercials go all night, uh, but you can be a part of that tonight. Community matters, and so I'm letting you know we are going to dinner at Barrows which is kind of east a little bit, and there's already been eight pizzas bought and ready for you at 645, okay? So if you've been thinking about, oh, should I go to dinner? Yeah, it's free. You should go to dinner, okay? So, make sense? Barrows is where you can look. Now, we we don't pass an offering plate if you want to give, give online, give in the boxes. Tonight, we want to dedicate some of our newest Elements members, and we're super excited to do that. So, oh, I love you guys. So, all right. So, let's see. We have Ryan and Rebecca and Uriah. Hi, Uriah. Good to see you. <laughs> and we have, let's see, Andrea and Ray and Malia. And I'm also supposed to give a shout out to Grandma Teresa and Aunt Tatiana, who's watching online. They couldn't be here. Um, and we have Miguel. Hi, Miguel. You woke up. Good to see you. Danny in Paris and Miguel. And uh, I want to read their life verses to you. Um, and so, Danny and Paris, Miguel, you chose Luke 2:40, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Miguel, may that be true of you. We love you. So, Malia, you are a miracle baby. Yeah, we know that. We prayed for you. Uh, you chose Isaiah 66, 9. Do I bring the moment of birth and not give delivery? Or 1 Samuel 1:27. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked for. Welcome, Malia. So, congratulations to you guys. I know that was a long prayer. And Uriah, 1 Corinthians 15, 5 through 8. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor is not in vain. May that be true of you, buddy. So, uh, we want to. Um our eKids ministry, Jen Runs, and Jen, you do an amazing job with that, loving on our families. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for many of you who volunteer in that. Uh, and tonight, as we dedicate these kids uh, and these families, uh, the part of the reason we're leaning into this is the psalmist says the children is a gift from the Lord. And as believers, we're to recognize that this is God's kid first, our second And we're to be the stewards of them. Uh, In Luke 2, Mary and Joseph uh, brought Jesus to the temple and dedicated him. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. In Matthew 19 and Matthew 18, he said, unless you become like a little child, you'll not enter the kingdom of heaven. We're told in Deuteronomy 6, it's kind of this great Shema, which is a Jewish term, but this idea of passing on the faith. It rests on you as parents and me as a parent and all of us who are parents here. We're the first and primary uh, people commissioned to pass on the faith to our kids. But you don't do it alone. It's too hard to do it alone. Community matters. And so you're surrounded by people who love you and are here for you and are gonna walk this journey with you. And so I would just ask, um, I'm gonna ask, a, give a challenge and ask you to repeat, we do. And then I'm gonna give you a challenge as the church and that you would say, we do. So parents, by coming forward before God and his people, Do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate yourselves, your son and your daughter, to the Lord and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and mind, and to pass on his truth and to love them? If so, would you please say, we do. And now I'm going to ask you to stand up because you're going to take a vow. Vows are important. I ask the church to take a vow. See, spiritual truths are passed on intentionally, not accidentally. And so they get to intentionally invest in their kids. Now we, get to intentionally invest in these families as well. So I ask the church to take this vow. We understand, we all know it takes a village to raise a child, doesn't it? It's too hard to do alone. So I ask that you make the following commitment. Do you vow by God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ, to help these parents and these families be faithful to God, to help teach and train up their child in the ways of the Lord that they might one day trust in Jesus as their Savior and Lord to live a healthy and whole life through his grace. Do you accept this responsibility? If so, say we do. Then let me pray for you all. So, Lord, I thank you for these three families. We thank you so much that uh, the investment that you've brought, the gift that you've given, and Malia, Uriah, Miguel, we pray for them as parents, that you give them wisdom and discernment, to do the absolute best in each moment they're in. God, each one of these beautiful kids are tailor made by you, unique in their personality, in their demeanor, in their skill sets, their abilities, the callings that you're even now putting upon your li- their lives. I pray that you give them, uh, their parents, wisdom to, to roll with that and to lean into that, to invest intentionally in the life of them in a spiritual way as well. God, we pray for Malia and for Uriah and for Miguel to come to know Jesus, the Lord and Savior. I pray for us as a church that we'd rally around them and that we would live commissioned in a way that these are our kids too. And we want to love and bless them. Jesus, we thank you that you bring a blessing into our lives and that that blessing's meant to be passed on and we pass it to these families tonight. Would you be at work in their life? We pray for their health. We pray for their stamina. We pray that they would be influencers for you and your kingdom's sake. And we all say in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Friends, thanks for being here tonight.